Retro Hangover is supported via Patreon by listeners like you. We would especially like to thank our 16-bit tier subscribers, Lyle McCarns and Ashton Ruby. Your continued engagement and generous donations are deeply appreciated. Thank you. Open your ears and crack some beers. You are listening to episode 65 of Retro Hangover. Hello, Retro and Classic Gamers. Welcome to the podcast where we are sizzling, scintillating, and sexily street fighting our way through scintillating suggestions. I am your co-host, Chris Copleen, and I am joined by your Nintendo host, LP Tiger, and as always, your host, Shane Dragon Fisting Dick Koski! You know, I, I just looked at our show notes for this episode and realized that for the first time in many a moon, you did that completely off the cuff. That is correct. <laughs> I was like, I mean, shit, I, I think gotta all get things something. considered that, that, you know, not, not too bad. I, I, not too I, bad. It went okay. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. How is everyone doing today? I don't know. This is a podcast, man. They can't answer. That's true. Well, I was talking to you two specifically. Oh. Oh, you want to know about me? Okay. Um, okay, well, no. You know. No, actually, Shane, now I don't. Fuck you. Tiger, how are you doing today? Well, good. I'm doing great. I, how are you? I didn't want to tell you anyway. <laughs> mm, this drink is good. Well, in any case, welcome, everyone, <laughs> to this episode 65 of Retro Hangover, because I didn't include this time, because I did ad-lib the shit out of it. But welcome to this episode we will where we will be talking about Street Fighter 2 because this is a game near and dear to um I think Tiger's heart at least and I I really absolutely back in the day yes Shane Shane well we'll find out more later about how Shane thinks about it but um wait we're not talking about fighting street am I on the wrong podcast I mean well sure no we're we're talking about fighting street fighting street 2 it's sequel ah okay (laughs) the 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 second Street of fighting. The warrior worlding. Yes. The 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 the, the globe fighter. Globe fighter. So um glad to have you all back. Glad to be recording again. So well, I'm glad to be back on my own podcast as well, Chris. Thank you <laughs> for that. <laughs> I don't know. This ending feels wrong and right at the same time. So in any case, uh <laughs> Listen, today's been a weird day. It's been okay? a very weird day. Know. You guys feeling okay? <laughs> like, I feel like I've uh, I've come into something that I, I don't understand. <laughs> I feel like, like I'm taking weird... crazy pills. Listen, the quarantine is is wearing on all of us in one way or another. I thought it was Monday today, and we're recording on a Tuesday. So that if you yep. can make ah, some it's the holiday. If you can in, right. if you can make some inferences from that, you can kind of understand why things are a little hilarious right now. And when I mean hilarious, I mean uh, they suck. Um, so <laughs> as 
as we do. And if this is your first time joining us on the podcast, well, now you know what to expect. So, hi, ha- welcome. Hi. I hope it isn't as bad as The Legend of Zelda. No, Ooh. no, at least to bring that one around. At least you can navigate this one by just pressing the play button and you will find your way to the end without going to Game Facts. Uh, but in any case, uh, let's get this week started. But by how am I going to find Shang Long, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> um, just look for an April issue of EGM. He's there. Ooh, that's a good answer. <laughs> so uh, as we are wont to do, pulled it out early. Uh, we are going to be discussing. Oh, yeah. Ew. Yeah, Shane, Shane wishes he said it, because he always does. <laughs> I do. You stole it from me. It's mine this week. Um, God damn it. Uh, we'll, let's ho- what are we all playing this week? Let's start with Tiger. Tiger. <laughs> what, what is anyone even doing? I don't know. What, what have you been up to? Yes, come to me for, uh, for some normalcy. Uh, yes, please. So uh, I have been playing two games. Uh, one I talked about last week, Animal Crossing. It, it is a daily grind, so that is what I do on the daily you know i uh make sure i get all my fossils and collect all my money and shake all my trees and catch all my bugs and fish and you know talk to my villagers and then i don't need to play it anymore and then i do it all again the next day and the next day anywho uh so how are your turnip prices uh i bought them for 98 bells on uh, sunday and mm-hmm. I am waiting for my friends to yell at me whenever they are either 400 bells or more. So when that ah, happens. So that, that's your threshold, huh? Okay. Y- mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Um, Turn up those prices, Tiger. <laughs> Boo. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. Uh, uh, it, <laughs> otherwise, on a Saturday, I will sell all of them at whatever rate they give me, whether it's, you know, 30 or 20 or. Sometimes that happens. Yeah, when it does, I mean, you got you got to short that stock market, man. You got to cut right. your losses. <laughs> it is what it is. I have like 19 million, so it's fine. Uh, <laughs> anywho, uh, am I, I've also been playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. We talked about it a little last week, and I was a little jelly, so I was like, let me pull this thing out and play it a little bit. Uh, is it safe to like talk about it a little bit more in depth? You know, because it's been like you know, a month and a half. Two months. I mean, That's like a month, not a month. I I still haven't played it, so you know, I don't I don't want to know about whatever story spoilers they did. Okay, well, I'll just say uh, I'll just bring up something that has been in the old game. Uh, I am at spoilers the for the old game for everyone under twenty five. I am turning myself into a lady, so uh, myself being class. nice. So uh, yeah, yeah. Some there's some really good stuff in there, but uh, that's where I'm at right now, and uh, I still have a lot more game to go. I was talking with my girlfriend about it and i was like man i'm I'm like 20 20 hours in and i still have like at least two or three plot points uh main plot points to go so so that's what i've been playing what about you chris well i too have been playing final fantasy 7 remake i actually beat it i completed it and i have gotten a platinum trophy for it and it's the first platinum trophy i have ever gotten Actually, is, it's funny. I was looking at mine, and I have never gotten a platinum trophy, so maybe I'll be right behind you. Mm. That is beyond surprising to me. I know. After everything I've said on this podcast about Final Fantasy VII and the remake, specifically the remake, and it's the first yeah. game I have ever platinumed. So there's that. I will say that the one of the best things about the Final Fantasy VII remake is that it does make the hard mode very inviting and very enticing, and essentially just going through the hard mode 
once you start doing that, there's no real reason to not try and go for the platinum. Uh, so that's that's one of the real cool things I found about this game is it's there. It, it keeps you engaged. It keeps you playing. And of course, uh, rapid fire review, you know, the rest It's going to be there. So if you want to hear my full thoughts, uh, there might be a rapid fire review, but or there might be something else in the cards. We'll, we'll find out. We'll see how it goes. But other than that, uh, I got my TurboGrafx-16 Mini in, and I've been playing a lot of that. That's a blast. I, I loved it. Uh, playing some of these games that I never got to play when I was a kid because I didn't have a Turbo CD because the only way you have a Turbo CD is, well, that doesn't make much sense for me uh, going through the podcast. But I didn't have a Turbo CD, so being able to play some of these games was very, very exciting and a little overwhelming. And I started playing, uh, oh, before I go to that one, I played a game called Zillion for the Master System. And boy, has that game not aged well. I saw what they were doing. There's a lot of good ideas there. It's not very good. But uh, the one I really want to talk about briefly on is Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door, because I have no idea why I put this game off for so long. It is so good. I love it. Yeah, I got to. That's actually one of the ones that are it's on my like gamer list of shame like I, I have not played that one yet so i should probably do that bef- before the new paper mario mm-hmm. comes out so that i can compare and be like everybody else and say that the new one is awful of course so is it is it just a coincidence or did you actually start it like after the announcement of the origami king uh it's it's kind of a coincidence it's not i'm not playing it because of the origami king i i guess it kind of is because they announced it and of course i wanted to post something to the instagram account just recognition yeah and then i i looked at it like i've never played this game and then i go on price charting and i look at how, how what's happened to it over the past couple of years i'm like i just say i'm very happy about this game when it was 15 dollars at gamestop all the way back in the day yeah that's that's probably a pretty far back <laughs> for 15 dollars for 15 dollars yeah um it was in a bargain bin amazingly enough they're just trying to get rid of all their gamecube stock i'm like oh paper mario on the thousand year door this is a great game the guy's like holy shit that's in there i'm like yeah <laughs> But that's what I've been up to. That's what I've been playing. A lot of video games, surprisingly. Uh, the quarantine, it's finally caught up. No college in quarantine. A lot of time off. But the holidays, or um, Memorial Day was just yesterday for the time of recording. I know I'm dating this, but yeah, it's been a really good time. So that's all I've got. How about you, Shane? Well, I too have been playing a Final Fantasy game. Ooh. Uh, not, not seven, though. So I have officially... Um, as of let's see time of recording of this episode i think it was yesterday i think it was yesterday i have officially completed final fantasy 13 or at least the story (laughs) which clocks in at just shy of about 60 hours because that also included me doing a little bit of a side tangent and getting like three quarters of the extra missions done before i actually went and finished the game but um the, the story is done now, and so now I'm I'm on the the post game where I'm trying to, uh, you know, grind up those Christogen points so I can max out my Crystariums for all of my characters, and then eventually get their ultimate weapons and and finish the the last handful of um, Seath Stone missions that I still have available to me. But uh, but yeah, that one is uh, that one's checked off the list. So all in all. Um, I, I enjoyed my time with it. I'm still enjoying it. Obviously, otherwise I wouldn't be doing the post game stuff. But um, we'll probably end up doing a, a rapid fire review on that as well. And who knows? Maybe uh, sometime down the road we'll do a full fledged episode on it. Um, but honestly, that's that's been most of my time um, was just kind of focusing on on finishing that. I will say that I did pick up um, 
<laughs> they they released Elder Scrolls Blades for the Switch very recently. I had been playing it on my phone a while back, and then I kind of gave up on it. Um, but then I saw that they put the Switch version out, and so of course I I downloaded it, and so I've been kind of toying around with that again, which it's okay. Um, it's kind of a nice little time killer, I guess, but nothing super special, especially considering, you know, you can play Skyrim on a switch. So, you know, comparatively, I'd, I'd probably say just, just go play Skyrim, but, um, it's okay. But that's, that's pretty much what I've been up to. I was going to say before you seamlessly transition in the Elder Scrolls that if you walk down any hallway, you'll eventually end up at a Final Fantasy 13 review. Yeah. Well, that, that, yeah. As I think I said in one of our previous, uh, intros to one of our episodes when I was talking about this I actually I, I actually don't mind the linearity of the game so much um at least not as much as some other people did especially the time that it came out but we'll get into that in a little more in depth at a later time I'm sure do you plan on uh getting into uh, the second and third versions uh what lightning returns and what's, yeah all what's that the other one going deep into all that Sarah's lightning revenge returns is the third one I believe Final yeah. Fantasy 13 to the revenge of Sarah, the revengeing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I might, I actually, I'd have to double check. I don't think I have them yet. Um, the reason that I even have 13 for my 360 is because square Enix usually has pretty regular sales on a lot of their like back stock of like physical media. And so I ended up picking it up for super cheap a little while back. And I also ended up getting like, you know, uh, FF 10 and like 10 two and like some of the other stuff for like a couple dollars each. Although I don't think I got 13 two or lightning returns, but I, I might, I, I don't know. Are, are you cautioning me against it? Is that why you're asking? <laughs> no. One of the things, one of the things that I did not understand about 13, cause I have no uh, familiarity with it at all, mm. um, is why they made three games of it you know they made two games because people i assume because people love uh final fantasy 10 so much they made a second version of it uh but they made three of 13 so i have nothing to go by as to uh why that is asset flipping and they couldn't get uh akito and versus done quick enough yeah i don't know i mean even having experienced the entirety of 13 i'm not entirely sure what constitutes two entire other games um so i guess it remains to be seen if those are just like st stretching the the plot or if there's actually enough there to cover i don't know if i mean because like, at least one of those more. characters if it's about if it's about sarah like unless it's a freaking prequel she's just frozen in a crystal for 99 percent of 13 so i don't really know what they were going to go with there but it does involve time travel Oh, of course it does. <laughs> I think let's not talk too much about Final Fantasy 13. Um, that that yes. could be its own episode. That's true. So uh, at any rate, I suppose we should probably actually get into the, the meat of what we're here to discuss. We've been, we've been going on for a little bit here. So sure uh, you can. we're going to have, yeah, we're gonna have Chris uh, go ahead and take us away with a, a brief history of Street Fighter 2. Uh, 
1991, the fighting game genre was about to be reborn. Or, perhaps more accurately, it was to be truly born for the first time. Sure, there were games like Karate Champ, Yar Kung Fu, Karateka, and Urban Champion. But these early titles were chronically difficult to control and, as a result, not particularly fun to play. In 1987, Capcom Street Fighter showed some promise, but did little to improve upon those that came before it. While there were glimpses of elements that would eventually come to define the genre, a standardized format for fighting games had yet to be established. While fighting games continued to struggle to find their stride, Capcom decided to begin work on a sequel to Street Fighter. After all, the game was still commercially successful, despite all of its flaws. Yoshiki Okamoto traveled to the United States to perform market research, only to find that side-scrolling beat-em-ups like Double Dragon were performing exceptionally well. With this knowledge, the team at Capcom decided their Street Fighter follow-up would be one as well. The result of this effort, initially dubbed Street Fighter 89, would end up not being a Street Fighter game at all, but the beginning of another franchise altogether, Final Fight. The pursuant success of the new IP gave Capcom an idea. What if we actually made a true sequel to Street Fighter, but good? To accomplish this, Capcom would have to go back to the drawing board. The primary developers of the original game, Takashi Nishiyama and Hiroshi Matsumoto, had left for SNK to begin development on their own spiritual successor to Street Fighter, Fatal Fury. So Capcom would end up assembling a team of about 40 people to focus on making the true sequel, Street Fighter II, The World Warrior. The team consisted of producer Noritaka Funamisu, who had directed Chiki Chiki Boys, directors Akira Nishitan and Akira Yasuda, and composer Yoko Shimomura, famed for her work on Super Mario RPG, Parasite Eve, and Kingdom Hearts. Street Fighter would be developed for the arcades on the CPS-1 board, the same board that was used for Ghouls and Ghosts, Strider, UN Squadron, and of course, Final Fight. The game would feature eight selectable characters, a welcome change from the series' predecessor, where the selection was limited to a meager two. In addition to returning fighters Ryu and Ken, the six new characters would hail from locations around the globe, featuring stereotypical attire and physical attributes of their home regions. These combatants would be composed of Guile, the American Airman, Zangief, the Russian Bear, Ihanda, the Japanese sumo wrestler, Blanca, an Amazonian beast from Brazil, Dalsim, an Indian shaman, and, as one of the very few playable female characters of any game at the time, Chun-Li, the Chinese cute girl. Players would have to fight one of these characters in succession before making it to a round of bosses, which includes Sagat, the final boss from the first game, and new final challenger, M. Bison. Mechanically, Street Fighter II would not deviate much from its predecessor, though movement was noticeably more fluid. Characters still had special moves they could execute via a button combo, but this time around they each had their own distinct moveset. Additionally, and perhaps more importantly, the special moves had a much larger margin for error, leading to easier execution and greater accessibility for newer players. The game became an immediate smash hit when it arrived in the arcades in March of 1991, selling an estimated 60,000 units and grossing over 687 million in coin revenue by 1995. Its immediate follow-up, Championship Edition, or Dash, 
which added the four bosses as playable characters, sold roughly 140,000 units, and brought in an estimated 1.625 billion in coin revenue. All told, this meant that Street Fighter II would become the third highest grossing arcade game of all time, behind only Space Invaders and Pac-Man, not to mention the Guinness World Record holder for highest selling coin-operated fighting game. A much-anticipated home port would come to the SNES on June 10th and July 15th of 1992 in Japan and North America respectively, with Europe receiving the port on December 17th. In that year alone, the SNES version sold 4 million copies, and is estimated to have sold 6.3 million units total over its lifetime, the most units of any game for any single console for Capcom to this very day. Street Fighter II would remain exclusive to the SNES until September of 1993, which saw the release of the Champion Edition for the Sega Genesis, which also happened to be a month after Street Fighter II Turbo Hyper Fighting would arrive for the SNES. This system exclusivity aided Nintendo in gaining a much stronger foothold in the European market as well. Capitalizing on the game's runaway success, Capcom released several versions of Street Fighter II, including Super Street Fighter II, which introduced four new original characters, and Super Street Fighter II Turbo, which was responsible for the introduction of the now-familiar Super Meter. The series continues to be massively popular to this day, having received multiple spin-offs and properly numbered sequels. Almost every popular fighting game in the last three decades can find its roots in Street Fighter II, making it undisputedly the most important fighting game of all time. And that is your brief history for Street Fighter II. Awesome. All right. Thank you very much, Chris, for that brief history. And uh, so I feel like I think we said this recently as well in another episode, but I feel like we need to get out in front of this conversation and put a little disclaimer for the remainder of this episode. And that is we are very much aware of just how much there is to talk about when it There's comes a lot. to Street Fighter 2. So much. There, there is more than we could reasonably fit into our, our sort of running time for for an episode, um, and so whether or not that you know maybe branches off into a, a a splinter episode at some point, or maybe we just talk about it outside of a normal a normal episode, um, we know we're not going to cover everything, so we're going to do as we typically do you know, talk a little bit about our own personal experiences with the game. And we will touch on some of the more um, salient points as far as some of the, the fun facts about the history of this game. But we, we do know that there is far more uh, that goes into the story of Street Fighter 2 than we could possibly talk about here. I don't know what you talk about. It's just one game. <laughs> yeah, it's, just it's just some Fighter dudes kicking two. each other. Just one game. And then, you know, they battle each other. They hit and they, they shoot stuff. <laughs> And that and is that one lady with the bun stuff. hair? Yeah. Ha 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 yata. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, I'm sorry. I interrupted. Just talk about your personal experience, Tiger, so we can move on to bigger and better things. Okay. <laughs> so Street Fighter 2. Uh, easily a uh, huge highlight of my childhood when I went to Mount Asia and Putt-Putt Golfing Games in Aladdin's Castle. The big game with the crowd around it, uh, quarters on the arcade screen. You had me, little kid, beating up on 
adults who get you know pissed off and they cuss at you and they want to you know punch you in the head but you know i just i'm just this kid who like you know comes up and plays this game all the time anyway uh my favorite character uh in the game who was my favorite character i'm pretty sure i just used ryu i like how you say Um, ryu yeah that's the way i said it when i was a kid ryu because that's the way it looks and that's the way that you're supposed to say no well (laughs) one yes to no uh, and I think it was the way we all said it. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, no, that is that's how I said it when I was younger. I know it's Ryu, but um, uh, actually, no, I, I was thinking back about it. Um, my 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 actual favorite character was Ken because Ryu was slow to me, and Ken was much faster. Therefore, he was much better. Oh, there you go. So, <laughs> quick quick uh, side yeah, tangent yeah. about the whole uh, Ryu thing. So. I, I was I was approximately today years old when I found out that the proper way to pronounce that is just Rue. Uh, that, that there was a magazine that actually said that. That that's what I the, gathered from the, this because the the other pronunciations. I mean, I said Ryu when I was a kid because obviously it's spelled like Ryu. And then the Street Fighter movie, uh, they pronounced it well about eight different ways because they couldn't get the actors to agree on how they were going to pronounce it. And the director said, fuck it. But, um, they said Ryu. And so like, I kind of went with Ryu cause I thought maybe that was the right way to say it. Apparently it's just Rue. So uh, for, well, in, in actual Jap, Jap, in, in Japan, there's actually one syllable to pronounce this mm-hmm. word and it would be Ryu. All in one go. Right. Does that sound? Yeah, it's because the R and the L yeah. are the same. I don't know, Chris, same. can you weeb check this for us, please? Yeah. So first <laughs> of all, everyone who just found out that Shane, uh, he he dubs and doesn't sub. So make sure to throw hate his way. Um, I, I do not. <laughs> so if you want to know why it could be, it could sound like Rue, instead of Rue, uh, which is, or Rue. It's really quick because Ryu is – it's I don't know how it's spelled in, in – uh, I would imagine it would be hiragana instead of katakana because it, it's a word for dragon. So it, it's not Ru because you do need the Y, and that's why it's there. But it, it because the R and the L are essentially one letter and you have to put a – you can't like make that R a hard R. You have to make it more of a soft L. That's why it could sound like Ru. But it's yeah, mm. Ryu. It's Ryu. There's an there is a Y there. You do have to include it when saying it. But I'm just I'm and just gonna stick Japanese with a Ryu. lesson. Because <laughs> you're a proper American. You're that, you're from right. you're you're yes. in a town called Middleburg, and that's where <laughs> that's, that's, right. that's how you say <laughs> Ryu in in Middleburg. That's right. It's Ryu. Yeah, just just stick with just stick with ten year old me and just stick. Just with Ryu. go with it. Or, or as I've heard on one YouTuber's yeah. channel, I'm a proper Englishman. I'll say who I fucking want to. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be like at least one person listening to this episode right now that is just fucking fuming about this. <laughs> None of you are getting it right. <laughs> you disrespect everyone. God damn it. Well, at any rate, now that I've taken us down that path. Thank you for your personal experience, Tiger. <laughs> yes uh, uh thank you that was a that was a that whole that whole shebang was my personal <laughs> uh just picking ken that's it that's fair that's fair uh-huh. yes yes 
don't know, Chris, do you, do you want me to go next? Because I feel like we need to sandwich my story in between you two because you two are probably vastly more interesting. Yeah, I would I would keep it going, but uh, you know, I'll I'll throw it I'll throw it in a little bit. <laughs> I mean, fuck it. I mean, go go for it, Tiger. You got more. Let me let me see how 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 far I get. So, um, I used to go to the arcade every Saturday to specifically play Street Fighter Two. Uh, I used to play every single character. I used to try to figure out if I uh, could do every single move. And once I got down uh, every move with every character, then I would choose my character, which was Ken. And uh, I just remember going on Saturday morning, which was $5 for 40 tokens on unlimited golf. Who plays golf when you have Street Fighter 2? It's a good point. And uh, it was a two two tokens to start, one to continue, and I would just be there from like 9 a.m. to 2 or 3 p.m., Holy uh, shit. Yeah. Oh, I'd, I'd play the heck out of this game. And, you know, as as different versions came out, it would, you know, everyone would crowd around the, the, the machine more and more. So obviously they kept coming out with uh, more more series because it just kept the coins flowing in, you know. So uh, anywho, and then, you know, we got it on Super Nintendo and then I didn't need to go to the arcade. Um Actually, you know, I would use the Super Nintendo to practice so that I could go to the arcade to play the better people. So it it, it worked out back then that you could play the same game uh, at home and then also play it in arcade. So that that's in a nutshell. That was my large. Uh, that was my childhood experience. So I have a qu- I have a question about that because I right. didn't do much of this. Um, were okay were were home purchasable fight sticks a thing back then <laughs> oh no oh uh the answer is yes and okay. no <laughs> okay uh, you you had options uh except the options that you were provided were not legitimate options they weren't uh, very good you didn't have sanwa parts and uh these you know you didn't have real arcade feel at home you had uh, what was that crap called the ascii uh, pad super nintendo advantage and mm. uh yeah the in the super nintendo arcade controller was shit because <laughs> of the fact and i love nintendo well it wasn't i don't know if it was a true nintendo anywho uh it had two buttons on the top and four on the bottom how can you play street fighter like that you can't <laughs> liar uh so, <laughs> It was bad. So I I don't remember any other like Super Nintendo arcade sticks. Um okay, well so the reason I asked that is because like I I feel like it must have been a, at least a little bit of a challenge to kind of translate practicing at home with like a Super Nintendo gamepad over to you know using like a legit arcade cabinet. Right? Oh. Absolutely. But uh, at the time when when, when I was a kid I saw it as, well, at least I know the directions now. You That's know, true. I, yeah. I can't do Zangief's 360 on a Super Nintendo, but I can definitely do it in the arcade. <laughs> that's, and, you know, that's a fact. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I can't do a Hadouken uh, in the arcade, but I can do it at home. You know, So I would try to figure out what I can do on the arcade and what I couldn't do and you know, transition as I needed. So were I you gotcha. like were you like high school girl with the Zangief main? No, I was awful with Zangief. I would never touch Zangief. Like Zangief is like uh so high school girls this anime about Street Fighter and Zangief was easily the most difficult character 
Uh, aside maybe Dalsim. I say Dalsim is also difficult, but uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't screw with that. I just stuck with my Hadoukens, and if I was really wanting to be lazy, I would just stick with Guile because Guile was I would probably say one of the easier characters, as, as, easiest <laughs> characters. We'll address that in a second. As, yes, that's, we will. that's in the notes. But uh, let's let's continue moving on. Shane, as you said, probably better to sandwich in the the pleb with his notes on Street Fighter. Uh, please, please let us know how you experienced this in like 2005. <laughs> <laughs> I will have you know that I was no. playing Street Fighter 2 on my Super Nintendo and I was doing it fucking badly. <laughs> and that has not changed. All right. So, no, I, I, I was playing it actually around the time that it came out. I mean, I played it in the arcade also, actually. It's just that I like categorically am awful at basically every fighting game ever. The only one that I was even remotely acceptable at would probably be like Mortal Kombat 2. Uh, um, and that's probably just because that's the one I put the most time into. But even then, like I, I'm I'm still just awful at fighting games. And I always have been. It's just, it doesn't, I, I just don't jive with how those games work. I don't know what it is. I'm just bad. But um but no, I, I remember it pretty distinctly. It was pretty similar to Tiger in that um, I I remember seeing it constantly, first of all, because it was everywhere. I mean, this game was freaking omnipresent. It was, it was everywhere when it came out. And um, not only in the dedicated arcade that was in my hometown, um, which was the Dream Machine, um, that rings a bell with anybody. Whoa. But, um, <laughs> But actually, the place that I remember more distinctly seeing it was uh, a roller roller skating rink that was that was at my hometown as well. Um, they had they had a, a Street Fighter Two cabinet, and then eventually they had a, an MK Two cabinet like side by side with it for quite a while. But uh, but I remember seeing kids just constantly um, going to that roller rink to totally not roll. <laughs> All they went there for was Street Fighter. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, may I may I ask? Uh, yeah, where were you during this time? Like, 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 what state? City wise, Canada. Yeah. Uh, I was in Maine at the time. Oh, okay, okay. I was gonna say like, cause Jacksonville had a Dream Machine in the Avenues Mall, but that was like a long time ago. Oh no shit. Anywho, no, I th- I thought that that was like a local thing, but maybe maybe that's a coincidence. I don't know. Huh. But yeah, no, it was uh, there was a a Dream Machine arcade in the Auburn Mall in Maine. So that's probably relevant for like two other people. But anyway, um, yeah, man. So that was my like first exposure to it. And uh, I was usually one of the kids that was just like watching everybody else play and be like, man, they look like they're pretty good at that game. And that artwork on the side of the cabinet sure is super cool. But that's about it. And then I I just played it at (laughs) home. Like, I think I ended up getting a copy of it like to own eventually, but I had rented it a few times from like Blockbuster and, and whatnot. And, um, you know, I, uh, I played through like the, the, the tournament mode and, uh, I can, I can say confidently that I never fucking finished it. So you're welcome. <laughs> I, I, wow. I never beat M Bison. I don't even think I ever got that far. Like they do have an easy mode. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Chris. Yeah, they do. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm I listen, I'm not lying. I'm not good at fighting games. Um I like the idea of them, but that never translates into me doing very well with them. Uh 
But even having said all that, and this was something I was saying to you, to actually both of you before we started recording this episode anyway, is that even though I was not super into this game, it's still something that is like weirdly very nostalgic for me because of how pervasive it was. So like the, the, the characters from this game and the music, which we will definitely get into in a little bit, um, are all like huge nostalgia triggers for me, even though like I was not super into this game like at all, which just goes to show how massively popular this thing actually was. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it defined arcades for a good amount of time. Uh, one of the reasons to even be there. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. So, uh, so Chris, why don't you tell your probably more interesting story about, uh, about street fighter two? <laughs> actually, I would, I would say it's more line with yours, uh, Shane, what? just because, yeah, like I never, I don't ever remember playing street fighter two in the arcade. I just remember being more excited about the game when it came to the home systems, when it came to the SNES, mm-hmm. than anything in the arcade. The local arcade we had was in was Enchanted Castle in Lombard, Illinois, while we're throwing that shit out there. Um, <laughs> while we're name dropping. Exactly. But I don't remember going there to play Street Fighter 2. I don't really remember going to the arcades during that time frame. Because I remember by the time I was going to the arcades, I was playing stuff like uh, Tekken and Virtua Fighter and Daytona USA. Those are the things I remember. So when I think of Street Fighter 2, and maybe this is why I'm shit with an arcade stick, I think of it as an SNES game. I think of the SNES port, Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter 2 Turbo, and, you know, the Super Street Fighter 2 games, because that's what I played, and I played a lot of those. I don't even remember specifically owning the game itself. I just remember playing a lot of Street Fighter. Which is weird because I didn't really fall in love with Street Fighter until the Alpha series, which we won't be talking about today. But Street Fighter 2 itself, I do remember playing it a lot. I do remember loving it a lot. I do remember the whole entire competition between it and Mortal Kombat 2 and why I wrongly believe that the Mortal Kombat series was a better series (laughs) at the time. People burst into rib cages, though. (laughs) Yes. uh, More gory makes makes better game. That's true. Um, but yeah, like I, I instantly gravitated it towards it. And a lot of the daycare centers that I went to when I was, you know, again, like, oh, my God, your daycare center had an SNES. Hold on. This was like, <laughs> you know, 93, you know, that it was, you know, affordable uh-huh, then. Yeah. Like a lot of the uh, <laughs> sure. A lot of the kids uh, would play Street Fighter 2. And we we do those competitions and we play against each other playing Street Fighter 2. And that's just what we did. A lot of people around the neighborhood, we play Street Fighter 2 against each other. We wouldn't do it at the arcades. We do it in, in our homes. We do it in front of our TVs. And it was that's how it was pervasive. And like as you saw in the brief history, when you have 6.3 million units sold for the SNES, a system that only sold, I say only, but uh, 40 million units worldwide, 40 or 49 million, that's a huge attach rate sure. for a non-first party game. So that's where we were playing that game was at home, not so much the arcade. And that's my that's really my experience from it. I will say, like, playing it at the arcade as opposed to home, it was a different feeling. And I and I learned as a as a kid that I craved this feeling, the feeling of beating a random person <laughs> uh, at a video game it felt so good. And that level of feeling good goes up the the older that person is and the more pissed off they get after you beat them. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, 
I'm pretty sure that was part of my addiction of of uh, playing Street Fighter Two in the arcade. And see, I can I can totally understand that, but I think that's also a very evident like personality difference. Like for me, I, I like I'm the hundred percent opposite. I'm just like I would just like to play my game by myself and and not engage with another person. <laughs> I'm sure it was a part of like, I'm not that good at stuff, but I'm good at this, you know, so I like latched on oh, yeah. to it, you know, and sure. uh, one of the things that uh, you were saying how you're not very good at fighting games and uh, I'm not one, one of the things that I knew as a kid was um, or me and like my friends, we couldn't figure out how to do a fireball, a Hadouken and <laughs> You didn't have like instruction manuals. This is like before Super Nintendo. You didn't have any anything to learn from. You just kind of had to figure it out. Or, you know, you had magazines and stuff. You know, people knew where to get it from unless you were a kid. So I remember when whoever discovered how to do the fireball, that was like that turning point where, oh, well, we're going to play the crap out of this game now because we know how to do Hadoukens. <laughs> Uh, you know and then the next stage was the dragon punch and then once you once you know how to do those movements then you start to learn how to do those movements with the other characters as well when you can learn how to do these special moves Uh, so now something that I was going to put something that Shane put in the notes he must have found it is that when you speak about that there's actually a 1 in 256 chance that if you didn't know how to perform a special (laughs) move that they would just do a special move just so you can see it (laughs) yes it was yeah so they intentionally programmed that into the game that one out of every like or one out of every 256 like moves statistically would end up instead like doing a special move even if you just did like a normal punch or or whatever and their reason for that was they wanted to like allow players who maybe didn't know how to do that stuff or whatever to be able to see it which hopefully would kind of like yeah (laughs) No, that's it's a hundred percent true that it would like spur them on to like want to learn how to really do it. Um, also, I didn't include it in the notes, but in addition to that, there's also the same chance that your character will just automatically block something, which like includes a little bit of randomness into into the fights. You gotta show well. me that stuff because that sounds almost crazy. I think when you're saying it, it makes me think like if you're randomly button mashing. Maybe there is a chance that you will hit it because uh, part of the tech of like uh, fighting games is being able to possibly uh, pull out a certain move. Like if you're blocking and then you go in a direction after you block a hit and then push punch, uh, depending on what the opposing player does after that block, uh, they could either, you know, get hit by a fireball or uh, get hit by some other punch because they're doing a combination of uh, two different uh, inputs for uh, for whatever they're uh, inputting. I can't even explain it that well, but that's how people play fighting games nowadays. You know, that's how they did that back then too. But like, well, so yeah, they're able so to I know they're, yeah they're able about. to set up for different situations. Uh, in one uh, motion of the joystick or, you know, one, one button combination. Right. And, and this was the game that started that. Um, yeah. Accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> Actually. yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know, Chris, you want, you want to expand on that a little bit? Well, I was going to bring that up is that the entire concept of, of combos and, and the combo system of leading one attack into another, 
that really started with Street Fighter 2, and they didn't mean to do it. And the way they found out about it is if you go to the car minigame, if you notice that you can hit the car twice with one kick or punch with some characters, like, that wasn't supposed to happen. Your own, like, one hit was supposed to be one hit. But they left it in there because they thought maybe gamers could take advantage of that and maybe they could have some fun with it. And it actually ended up being the basis for a lot of how they designed their Street Fighter 2 games and just fighting games moving forward, as did many other fighting games, obviously. Right. And like and it's interesting, too, because that kind of segues into a little bit of a larger discussion around just how they went about designing this game. And it was it was an interesting time because at this point, as we said in the brief history, you know, the, the fighting game genre really hadn't been standardized, as it were. There there wasn't any sort of gold standard to hold the game to or anything. So they were really free to kind of do whatever they wanted. And, and at the outset, one of the things that they really wanted to do was not only take sort of the lessons learned from the first Street Fighter, but they also very intentionally went back and looked at previous fighting games, even ones prior to Street Fighter and sort of made a list of the things that they found to be shortcomings or annoyances that those games had. And they actively tried to fix those problems with Street Fighter 2. And so, you know, a lot of things that they ended up designing were A, to kind of address somewhat longstanding problems with with previous fighting games, but also they were really freeform in how they were designing the games insofar as they really made a lot of decisions based on game feel rather than theory or or more you know mechanical technical you know specifications layman's so, terms like for instance fuck your balance right exactly and, and one of the things that you know uh, is a good like illustration of that is the fact that your characters can jump a greater distance backwards than they can forwards which realistically makes like zero sense <laughs> but from but from a game feel standpoint they felt that that made the gameplay feel better so they left it and and yeah to, to chris's point about balance they weren't really super concerned with that because it wasn't a huge thing at the time competitive fighting games were not a thing and so they were more concerned about the characters and how they were presented and the feel of the gameplay rather than making sure that every character was like perfectly balanced with with one another and so that ends up with shit like stuff being left in that maybe shouldn't have been like Like, guile turtling yeah like guile turtling or the fact that like rue can (laughs) take double damage during a stun you know which was supposed to be a thing for all the characters but then they decided like oh maybe we shouldn't do that but then that got left in just for him or like Blanca taking extra damage from Hadoukens in his role animation or oh, just random yeah. shit like that. I was going to say like guile turtling. So like a difference between now and then, you know, when you have someone uh, using guile and they're turtling. And by the way, if you don't know what guile turtling is, it's basically guile's move. And this is what I was trying to like even uh, describe earlier. Guile has special moves that charge if you're holding, you know, uh, just for the example, if you're holding back, uh, that's that's blocking. But at the same time, back is the start of his sonic boom. So if you're holding back, you're blocking, and you can automatically push forward, push punch, and then do a sonic boom because uh, the sonic boom is hold back for two seconds, forward, punch. So essentially, you can just 
used guile to turtle, as they call, just basically holding back and down, because down and down is the beginning of his command for flash kick. Back is the beginning of his command for sonic boom, and hence you have a blocking guile who will attack when you are uh, vulnerable to either a sonic boom or a flash kick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and back then, you had to figure out how to beat that. Nowadays, they can just say, oh, that's too strong. You know, we'll just patch it in a future update. And, you know, <laughs> you always have to keep guessing about uh, uh, what moves. It's it's like a di- the fighting games nowadays are dynamic in which back then uh, you either had to figure it out or, you know, or, you know, join them <laughs> or get supremely yeah. frustrated. But, yeah, but yeah, yeah. When you really think about it, this is the first real fighting game that people I think would ever be concerned about balance. Every other fighting Oh yeah. Like every other fighting game prior to this to include Street Fighter, you you were fought a identical clone of yourself. Right. There, there wasn't Yeah. Yeah. And, and even You didn't think about Yeah, yeah, yeah. No nothing before this. You had eight different characters when this first came out with eight different move sets, with eight different ways to control they they had their own methods you never saw that prior to street fighter 2 that just did not exist so if there was a problem with balancing like they could definitely be forgiven and it it goes really towards the character designs which was really more of what their focus was on going back to does it feel good or does it um are we more technically trying to make a very technical experience they're trying to make a feel good experience so they wanted the characters yeah. to look good. They wanted they wanted the characters you wanted to play as feel good while you played as them. And that that's really right. what they tried to accomplish and they definitely did. And they did, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, if that wasn't, you know, evident enough, I mean, uh, just roughly half of the development team for this this game were artists. Uh-huh. So it was very clear right from the outset that their goals were much more aligned with making sure that each of these characters were very strongly identifiable um, and that, you know, it, it, w- it looked as good as it could. And at least for me, from my personal perspective, I think that that went a very long way to making this game and as a result, the series, you know, as memorable and easily identifiable as it is. Because as I said, even though I didn't play this a lot at all um when i was younger i still know every one of the characters from this game and i can remember at least half of the stage themes like off the top of my head if you ever asked because like that's just how you know how um iconic these ended up being can we can we just i was gonna say can the music the music definitely oh yeah stands out yeah any i can hear any of those eight theme songs and automatically you know know who exactly who stage it is i remember reading a story i'm trying to get the the name of their composer here um yoko shimamura i remember hearing a story that when she composed the music they they asked her to compose like songs for like the amount of stages they made and she just decided i'm gonna make great music i'm not going to or or, a music that would go along with the fight and not really attach it to any scenery just make like eight unique themes and that's and they put it based on the characters after she made them. But that would explain things like Guile's theme goes with everything. And uh, <laughs> I would argue Ken's theme does, too. But every single every single song, every single track is so great. And I did not know this was the same composer of like Super Mario RPG and, and Kingdom Hearts. That is 
She's done a lot more than that, by the way. Like a lot more than that. But oh yeah, yeah. Um, like that's that's an amazing composer. I don't think she gets enough credit. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. So she during during that development phase, um, yeah, she she used the the character concept art that they had put together to sort of inform how she was going to write the different tracks. And, and actually, it was a very interactive process too. That she kind of went back and forth with the the dev team at Capcom and you know, took their input, um, on the tracks, like as she was writing them and sort of evolved them that way. Um, but yeah, no, she's super talented, uh, for, for obvious reasons, which also leads me to a question. Uh So of the tracks in street fighter two, which one would you say is your favorite? Ken? Oh no. Just straight out, bro. Ken? (laughs) Yeah. Ken? That's it. Yo, I, I had a, Ty, when I was a kid, I used to love hearing Guile. Used to love mm-hmm. hearing Ken, Balrog, and Vega. Vega too. Vega's really good. Yeah, easily stood out. But like, I think Vega specifically probably my favorite because I loved hearing the strings on that song. Like, mm-hmm. it it was uh, just. And I've I've talked about how I love video game music, and that's like really draws me into games and vegas stage definitely and i will say i, I spent a lot of time on the vegas stage because holy shit vegas fucking hard <laughs> which vega uh, uh vega who climbs the fence and oh american vega <laughs> yes 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 sorry i forgot about that yeah so fun fun fact brief fun fact the the four uh grandmasters shadowloo bosses whatever you want to call them uh three of them all had their names swapped for the united states if you didn't know that already uh, Vega, the Spaniard, is um, Balrog in Japan. Uh, you have uh, M. Bison is Vega in Japan. And Balrog is M. Bison in Japan. And once you hear that, you can probably understand why they changed all their names. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they were concerned that uh, the <clears throat> let's go with not just passing likeness to a certain very famous boxer at the time might get them into some legal trouble over here stateside. So uh-huh. that's why they ended up swapping those around. Um, so as far move. as the music goes, I, I would say I, I have to agree with Chris actually that Ken's theme is, I think my favorite overall. A lot of people say guile and for good reason. It's a, it's a good ass song, but I think, I think that Ken's wins out for me. Although I will say that, um, that Vega is very, very close as well for me, but also I kind of, I really dig Dalsim's theme as well. Okay. I think you're unique in that. I would say that'd be one of my least favorites, but, uh, same here. Now that I'm, now that I'm older, I can, I can appreciate it. Yeah. You know who I really like? Cause this is, we're, we're trying to be all inclusive. We've really only stayed to the original one, which I'm surprised, um, is Cammy's. Mm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's just with that opening bass. It's just really, really awesome. And kind of expanding out to the other one, as long as we're, we're we're trying to include that. And if we don't do a shit job, we could just follow up with this on on a follow up episode for Street Fighter Two down the line someplace. But I just have to bring this up: Would a game like this, with as stereotypical as all these characters are, fly today? I don't. Mm, I don't no. think it would. No, it wouldn't. And actually, if you look at some of the concept art for the characters prior to what their like final incarnations were, mm-hmm. it was even a little bit more. Uh, questionably stereotypical. <laughs> oh, it's like Ken, uh, Ken will be fine. Ken, Ken's good. It's because Ken is a basic ass white boy. Yeah, yeah, that's why he's good. 
Yeah, exactly. He's in a gi, you know. That's not, you know, making any assumptions to anything. Yeah, you know, Blanca, Blanca's no. fine. Blanca's just a green monster. Yeah, like everyone in yeah. Brazil. <laughs> is that what I'm supposed to you, get from it? Oh. You heard it here first. Yeah, everyone oh, in Brazil is a monster. Brazil, Brazil, just they don't have cities like Rio de Janeiro and Sao, uh, you Sao know, Paulo. Chris, all of those listeners that we gained from our Master System episode in Brazil are fucking gone now. So thank you. For that. No, I'm trying to make a counter to that point because when you go to Brazil, of course, it's not in Rio or Sao Paulo. No, it's in the Amazon. That's where they're going to have their yeah. street fighters is in the fucking Amazon. And who is their fighter out of the Amazon? Oh, just Beast Boy. Well, he fell out I of a plane into a bunch of eels, man. <laughs> is that the actual story? It, yeah. In the house. Well, before they went and retconned it with like the movie where they said that like M. Bison Ew, like experimented even. on him. And a, shit, Nash, right? a Nash. A Nash or Charlie, depending on where you live. And then, okay, so it, it, even, it even gets worse with Super Street Fighter 2, right? Because T-Hawk, of course, he's a, he's a Native American. Why not? Mm-hmm. And he's dressed in the most stereotypical Native American way. Actually, it is not the most stereotypical because his original design was even worse. Great! <laughs> I mean, but you could also say that about Mortal Kombat too, right? I mean, like, uh, what, what was that? Was it Nighthawk? Is that what his name oh, was? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, he was in, what, MK3, I think? Yeah, it was three. It was three. Yeah, so I mean, you know, I guess that's not unheard of, and, and do we, or at least do we, Street Fighter isn't the only one doing do it. Do we even need to talk about DJ? Maximum. <laughs> I, have, I, have like, I have a good uh, factoid there. Okay, um, sure. Yeah, so... Is it about his pants? Yeah. Oh. How okay. It says Maximum okay. because uh, if you put him on the left side or the right side, uh, Maximum is the same, mirrored. So uh, that's why they went with that word specifically. Also, I mean, DJ, I think, was the uh, the only character at the time that was designed by um, the American studio also, for what it's worth. Uh, not to mention that Dalzim, just your typical Indian guy, has the skulls of children around his neck. That's just... Uh... <laughs> it, is a, it is a grim reminder of the plague that ravaged his village, Chris. That's what everyone was thinking when they went into the arcades in 1991. Yeah, a very sobering experience. Of course, because all the mm-hmm. all the character development they they had while you were fighting him, and he just he was like Stretch Armstrong and Armstrong and said yoga. Uh, that's yoga fire. Thank you. Yoga. <laughs> no, but like actually, the funny thing about that too is like Dalsim's uh, character design, as far as like his move set goes, um, and also Blanca just being like a green and orange nightmare. Were both results of just the dev team thinking it was funny, by the way. Right. There's like no other reason than yeah, that. That sounds about like, right. That's... Like for Blanca, they were just flipping through the color palettes and be like, ha, he's green. And like that. <laughs> like Brazilians. That yeah, exactly. As as they, you know, as they do. And with Dalsim, it was just like they were like, you know what? We have a they had a set distance that they stuck all the characters to as far as how far their punches could reach and they were like wouldn't it be funny if like we just didn't do that yeah and assign it and to that's the, what happened and assign it to the indian dude yeah for reasons to be fair he was really freaking slow so <laughs> yeah he was yeah he also has a four frame walk animation as opposed to everybody else's six because of memory constraints fun fact nice like little factor. Which later on they uh, gave him teleportation anyway, so uh, <laughs> right. yeah. so they made up for it. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. I, I think we do have to touch on what everyone back in the early '90s was thinking about 
what Shang Long? Shang Rong. We can talk about Shang Long. Uh, oh boy! But can we talk about how that angst that when the the next like Super Street Fighter Two was not Street Fighter Three, and how <laughs> when like when is the third one going to come out? I think that's what everyone was talking about back then when it came to Street Fighter. That was the big discussion a- after well, a certain so point. Correct me. I say correct me if I'm wrong, but w- was was this kind of like the first game to really start pulling that Final Fantasy ass bullshit of just like, <laughs> oh, here's like the same game, but with some different stuff. And we're going to repackage it and sell it to you for another like 60 to 80 dollars. No, that was definitely Street Fighter 2 that started doing that. But OK, <laughs> that's kind of what I figured. So so yeah, street, the original. St- so any, anyone today who thinks street like DLC is bad and I, I do have my disagreements with DLC. I definitely am not going to say here and say it's great. But if you want an example of when it was worse, it's Street Fighter 2, because <laughs> like for for probably a $15 DLC today, you just had to buy a brand new $70 game in 1993. Like, oh, the word here's turbo on the box. Yeah, here's four more characters and it moves slightly faster. Seventy more dollars, please. And if, if if you think that's OK, seventy dollars. OK, that's the price for a new game. Seventy dollars in like 1993 is about one hundred and ten dollars today or somewhere around there. So to be yeah. fair. We all wanted to play those boss characters. We did. I mean, I was even using <laughs> my Game Genie because it told you, like, you put in this code, Game Genie, you can be in Bison. And Chun-Li's nude. Yeah. Uh, Wait. <laughs> I really just wanted to take those hair bun covers off. That's what I was concerned with. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else, just that. So, of course. So they gave us what we wanted. Right. And then they gave us four new characters that, instead of giving that, us Street Fighter 3. <laughs> Tiger is presenting the game industry's argument gave, side of this whole thing, where it's like, we're giving we them just what they gave want. you what you wanted. <laughs> it's what you asked for. You said it was too slow, so we sped it up uh-huh. and gave you four more characters. And they're the bosses. Yeah. They're the bosses, too. You wanted too. to play. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't totally because there was some other random third-party company that made a weird hacked rainbow version of the game that oh, was super yeah. fast. Yes. Oh, who has the download on that? Like, I don't even know anything. I just know that I showed up at my arcade one day, and all of a sudden, I could shoot fireballs in the air. <laughs> Whoa! You <laughs> so you like, actually you actually played it? Uh, yeah, we had a version at my arcade. It it it, it wasn't called anything different. It was just that Street is Fighter crazy. Two, that means yeah, that whoever shoot. ran your arcade totally got some like black market board oh, shit. Oh, definitely. It was That's on a big awesome. screen too. Like, I guess obviously the the arcade was doing very well for the game because that was like front and center, big screen, and uh, uh, yeah, I was uh, shooting fireballs and sonic booms in the air, and I was like, yo, this is fucking holy cool. shit. Because <laughs> to me, it's it's. To me, it's always been the urban legend because I never saw it. Of course, like ah. I or, or never really saw it. Um, yeah. So so just to fill people in on what the fuck we're talking about. Uh, so the game was called Street Fighter 2 Rainbow Edition. It was based off a version of Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition or Dash, as they call it in Japan. And that's the one that you are allowed to play as they four grandmasters. And it was hacked by a Taiwanese group called Hung Sai Enterprise Taiwan. And they just broke this game apart. It's completely broken. As Tiger was saying, you could throw like 10 fireballs in the air at once towards your opponent and they could do the same thing back to you. And you could. Yeah, it was just everything. There was no rules. 
There's just no rules oh. on it. And the only way you could tell the difference is it said Street Fighter 2 Dash. And instead of it being green, it would be displayed as in rainbow colors. And that's why it's called wonder, Street Fighter 2 Rainbow. I wonder if that inspired Akuma. It may have. <laughs> I think the Shang, I think the Shang Long rumor from EGM inspired Akuma more. Ah, yeah. So and we were about to talk about that actually. I don't need, I don't recall that much about Shang Long other than the fact that it was a saying uh in uh, Ryu's Victory, is that what it was? It said yes. you need to do you must defeat Shen Long, Shen Long to uh, stand a chance or something like that. Which, if yeah, which was a mistranslation. Which I think it was, you must defeat the the, the dragon punch. Yes, yeah. So yeah, the original text in, in Japanese was, you must defeat my dragon punch to stand a chance. And it got mistranslated to, you must defeat Shang Long to stand a chance. Which then, of course, led everybody to assume that there was some secret boss character in the game named Shang Long, which never actually existed. And it was made and then, popular by the magazine Electronic Gaming Monthly, uh, more yeah. referred to as EGM, in one of their April editions. And it just caught on fire from there. Mm-hmm. And they did it again. I, I I don't know. I think it was EGM again. Um, they did it like several years later as, as another f- joke with one of the later releases of, of Street Fighter in the series as well. But yeah, that that's that's where that comes from. That, that was one of those like rumors um, that everybody had around the arcade that never came to came to fruition. But I, I, I do remember by the time we got to Super Street Fighter 2, uh, kind of going back to to what I was thinking about, I, I think Street Fighter 2 fatigue did set in. I think a lot of people were ready for Street Fighter 3. <laughs> oh, you mean releasing like four versions of the same game was a bad idea? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was a total joke. By that point, mm-hmm. I mean, I think people still enjoyed Super Street Fighter 2. I remember liking it and digging it and getting into it. I had no idea there was a Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. I didn't know that for years. I didn't even know that game existed. I just thought the series ended with Super Street Fighter 2 and then moved on to Alpha. And they, they did the right thing, finally. Uh, never understanding why they never made a 3. And then 3 came out. And, of course, when it came out, it flopped like a like a giant turd. See, that's what happened. They, like, that's what happened. Everyone on. wanted what they got. And then they changed it, and everyone was pissed off. You get what you fucking deserve. <laughs> well, wasn't there like an alpha? Wasn't there an alpha game at some point, like after three, where they basically just like walked back a bunch of the changes they made and didn't include any of the new like SF three characters in it because they realized they fucked up. That, actually, that was called Street Fighter Four. Bef- <laughs> alpha actually came out before three. Yeah. Well, no, I know, but I thought that there was like a, a follow-up alpha game or something. Oh, like, god! No, 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 no. That. So uh, I know we're kind of going more to into canon of Street Fighter, but there was Street Fighter. Street Fighter rolls into Street Fighter 2. In between Street Fighter and Street Fighter 2, you have Street Fighter Alpha. After Street mm-hmm. Fighter 2, you have Street Fighter 4. After 4 is 5. After 5 is 3. Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> so that's like, that's like storyline. That's what you. That's mean. the storyline. That's, that's the chronology. That's the chronological chronology. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" They don't have. It doesn't break off. It's like if 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 M Bison wins the tournament, then it goes to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Ryu wins the tournament, it goes to that. By the way, the canon winner of Street Fighter Two is Guile, and as we said earlier, oh. he was he was the one that um, the developers made easy, so Americans noobs would oh. gravitate towards him. <laughs> and like him yeah. more. <laughs> oh subtle, no! Subtle burn on that one. <laughs> Actually, real quick. Speaking of the Street Fighter Three thing, um, 
just kind of a, a funny thing about that. I feel like we'd be at least remi- uh, remiss if we didn't touch quickly on the fact that, you know, the Street Fighter movie exists. Um, and uh, Well, there is a Street Fighter was... 2 movie, too, and that's a lot better, and it's animated. Well, yeah, that that is true. But for, for the original Street Fighter movie, um, the one with Jean-Claude Van Damme, uh-huh. they made a, <laughs> uh, a game for it, which was, you know, creatively titled Street Fighter the Movie the game and uh, it was motion capture of all of the actors from from the movie um and the fun fact about that is the third party developer that worked on that game was mistakenly operating under the assumption that they were making street fighter 3 and were super bummed when they find it found out that that wasn't the case (laughs) (laughs) oh has anyone played this game any of you two which one? Street Fighter the movie? The mo- the movie the game? Yes. You know there's uh, no. No, but you know there's two different versions of that game too, right? I didn't I don't believe so. I don't think so. There's the arcade game and the home console game and they are different games. Ah. They I just remember I played the arcade game in the arcade and it's basically, hey, if uh, we can make Street Fighter into Mortal Kombat, uh <laughs> this is what it would look like. Uh, so if we could except- make Street Fighter but bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it was, except it, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the motions were Street Fighter moves. So you could it translated over like perfectly if you played Street Fighter 2. So, ah, well, there you go. Uh, yeah, it was, but it was, was god awful. <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun. All right. So oh, I, I think before, before we kind of start wrapping this up, I think we should start discussing yeah. uh, who is our mains. So, Shane, if who's your main? <laughs> in street fighter 2 <laughs> to include My main it implies that like i have any fucking idea um who do you prefer to play as okay so when i do play street fighter 2 um man i don't know like i kind of bounce around because i feel like maybe one of these days i'll be good with one of them uh-huh. but um I, I actually honestly i think it's mostly ken i'm gonna be honest because like to tiger's earlier point he's kind of like just a better better ryu so <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. Uh-huh. Ryu. Okay. <laughs> I feel Can't like say that are you somehow. are you are you disgusted? Are you, dis- a, are you disgusted well, or elated, Tiger? I can't tell. It just hurts because like if you say things like this in like a fighting game community, they like, <laughs> they will rage. <laughs> Good. They need to grow well, up. I anyway. mean, mechanic. Okay, for Street Fighter Two, mechanically, that is actually true. Ken moves a little bit faster, and also he doesn't yes. have that vulnerability that that Ryu does, as far as that that uh, double damage when he's dazed thing. So like objectively, he's a better character. <laughs> other what, than that, what, they're mirrors of each other. Yeah, what Ken has in speed, Ryu has in strength. So uh, mm. that's pretty much the main difference. Uh, but going to me, and uh, I didn't. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to mess up your. Uh, your time there no right. no i'm 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 done go for uh, it yeah the, i've gold. pissed off enough people <laughs> uh specifically in super street fighter 2 the first person i would choose is specifically gold ken or Ooh. green ken fancy for that fuck's sake my, uh, okay that was my good yeah that was my go to uh i had to i had to specify that uh, because that's important to me. The palette is important. Does it make a difference? Oh yes, 
Yes, bright ass green. Like I'm tired of red and tired of black. These neutral ass color. Oh, green! Hell yeah, green kid, baby. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. It's the, it's the reptile effect. The reptile effect. It's, it's like yeah. a highlighter green. <laughs> I'm just saying because it's a fucking palette swap of a couple other ninjas. That's uh, that's all I'm going with. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. All right. So Chris, what about you? We got we got Ken and then also Ken. Ah. Uh. So if I'm playing Super Street Fighter 2, if I'm going with the most recent version, uh, uh-huh. it's Cammy. Oh. Okay. I had a feeling you'd say that. It's Cammy. Um, and if I'm not, if it's anything pre-Super Street Fighter 2, then uh, yeah, it's it's Ken. All right. <laughs> Ken's across the board. Three in a row. Ken's. Yeah. Basic yeah. white dude. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I played every character and just none of them appealed to me as well as Ken did. It's the theme. I, I, it's the stage theme. It, it is, oh, it's the theme. That, that, yeah, yeah that, that's, uh, that's what it is. I wanted to be on that boat. I, I remember I remember really trying to be a Vega main and it not working out at all. <laughs> I also loved Vega. His moveset really is such so shit. Uh, yeah. He doesn't have much. He doesn't have any projectiles. Uh. It's all charging, and uh, but he does have some cool ass backflips. Yeah, that is true. Which I yeah. love pulling off. And M Bison is all cheese. Well, in that way, Raul Julia played him perfectly in the movie. No, he did. Raul Julia was cheesy as fuck, and I loved it. Raul Julia Game is is over. I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! But for oh. M Bison, it was just a Tuesday. <laughs> Which, hey, we're yeah. recording this on oh. a Tuesday. Oh, it is ah. Tuesday. Yeah. It is Tuesday. He's, a, he's an American treasure. Raul Julia is an American treasure. And he is the best M. Bison ever to be in a movie. <laughs> a live action movie. <laughs> not the only. No, definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> At all. Um, all right. So, uh, all right. So having said all of that, then I suppose we'll go ahead and wrap this up like we usually do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like I know how this is going to go, but we'll do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Does everybody feel like Street Fighter 2 holds up today? Can we all just say yes and move on? Or uh, or is there something that anybody else needs to needs to talk about? I think you need to specify which version you're playing. I think that oh, is important. The love of God. No, I, think, right. no, uh, I do. Rainbow edition, go. Okay, no, fuck it. Like, if <laughs> you're talking... Shit. No, if you're, if you're talking about the... Okay, I'll go first because I'm already talking. Uh, the, yeah, no, yeah, go for it. Let's, let's roll. Let's do this. If you're talking about, like, the original base World Warrior 8 character version, no, that does not hold up. Uh, okay. It does not hold up. Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, yes, that holds up. That 100% holds up. That's completely playable today. Even Super Street Fighter 2 play, uh, completely holds up today. is very playable. I would really say the only version that does not hold up today, just because everything else that is, like, even immediately after it with Championship Edition is the original one. All their versions hold up. The best version, of course, is Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Bring it over here. Bring it over here. Go, Tiger. So, uh, <laughs> I I disagree. I don't think that any Street Fighter 2 is a bad game. And I don't think the original uh, is, like, outdated. It still feels good. It still uh, it still works. You don't you don't play the game and say, yo, this is this is this doesn't feel good like this. <laughs> like I, I, I'm trying to think how, how I can word this. If you're not used to fighting games at all and you play Street Fighter 2 uh, and, you know, maybe you're into retro games. I think Street Fighter 2 holds up pretty well because I can go back to like other games like World Heroes and Fatal Fury, just some of the other retro fighting games that were out. 
and it it feels awful and like yeah. i guess i have that comparison but i think street fighter 2 still feels good plays well moves well even though it is a little slow in comparison to like most fighting games uh, in modern times Ultimately, what I'm trying to say is I think it holds up. So being that that one holds up, the rest of the Street Fighter 2 games hold up uh, as well. Okay, hold so, on. so there. So I, I, I don't know what you're about to say here, Shane. I just want to interject real quick. Sure. If you're saying that if all you had was Street Fighter 2, could you have a good time with it? And you said yes, I would agree with you. Like you can't. Oh, okay. If if all you had was the original Street Fighter 2 and that's all you had, would it hold up? Sure. But considering Championship Edition came out less than a year after it and it had more characters and on the home console had increased speed, it it it, it does outdate the original Street Fighter 2 almost immediately. And that's why I would, that's Definitely. why I'm saying no. And that's why I'm, I'm saying not no. Saying, I'm not saying it's not outdated. I'm just okay. saying that if Street Fighter 2 was there and you went back to it without the choice of anything else, it it holds up enough for you to have a good time with it. Okay. Okay, I can agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that actually kind of answers the question I was going to have, well, kind of for both of you, but mostly for Chris, about why you'd pick the other ones over the original, and it's just because of the improvements to speed and character selection and stuff like that, I'm assuming. In but, fact, I'd, I'd even, I'm sorry for cutting, but I'd, yeah. I'd even say that if, you are less experienced, you'd probably want the slower one anyway. Because that way True. you can react better, you can have more time <laughs> to squeeze out the moves, you know, because when you get to turbo and trying to squeeze out the moves and like react to people, like you you're gonna have a bad time. Well well that's well, why actually I, okay. That was gonna be my argument. Yeah. <laughs> so so being the one that's <laughs> shitty at this game, I, I was gonna say that actually I, I shy away from the turbo version of this game for that exact reason, because I'm like, okay, let me think about this. I'm already bad at this in the, in the slow ass version. I'm going to go and play turbo where they can just kill me faster. No, thank you. I, I will, I will stick with this back here. Now, having said that, I think I agree with, I guess, both of you in that I think, I think they all kind of hold up for different reasons if if you're going to go back and play the original it's not like it's unplayable um it's still a, a very playable game and i think you'll still get some enjoyment out of it if you are going to choose a version of street fighter 2 i can see why you would probably want to go with you know whatever the the most recent release of it was which i guess was the culmination of all that stuff which is what super street fighter 2 turbo right so yeah I, I can see why you would go with that, but but I, I think they all have I think they all have their 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 own merit. And this is one last interjection. I'm sorry, I know I'm dragging this out, but and that's like going back to Tiger's point about slowing it down. I don't believe Championship mm. Edition was necessarily a faster version of the World Warrior. I think it was just kind of the same game with more balancing and refinements with the four boss characters. And that's why I say that holds up individually as compared to Street Fighter 2 Turbo, which speeds it up. And then if you don't right. like the four new original characters, you can stay away from Super Street Fighter 2. But I still think it holds up. And Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo adds elements that weren't necessarily in Super Street Fighter 2, like the Super Meter. And if you don't like that stuff, you can always go back and play a version without it. And that's why I, that's my justification. Yeah. 
That, and that that's fair. That's fair. I, I think, you know, as much as it's probably objectively kind of a, a shitty practice to release several versions of basically the same game. Yes. I guess in retrospect, at least they give they give you some options as to to what you want to go back and play. So I suppose there's that. Plus, the voices are fucking weird in Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. I'm sorry. Like, Giles just sounds weird. <laughs> Sonic Boom. I was going to say the sounds in the newer versions actually can be, I would say they're worse. Yes. Well, uh, I guess that's about the time we're going to start wrapping this thing up. So, um, so Tiger, uh, as always, thank you for, for joining us for, for your, uh, for your insights on this stuff, especially considering this one was one that was particularly near and dear to you. Yes. Uh, I just want to say one thing. Yeah. I am going to kick M. Bison's ass so hard that the next M. Bison is going to feel it. Thank you, Jean-Claude. <laughs> The next, he's going to kick M. Bison's ass so hard, Vega's going to feel it. Ooh, that's super meta. I like it. At any rate, um, we'll, we'll do our, our quick little spiel at the end here. Um, as we are wont to do, I'm taking that back. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you're listening to us right now, then you've already found us. So, uh, hey, how's it going? Uh, but if you would like to support the show in uh, some more perhaps concrete ways or, or something like that, then we have a couple of ways you can do that. We do have a Patreon that is always running. Um, you can find that at bit.ly, bit.ly slash rhpatron. Um, donating even as little as a dollar every month gets you access to our exclusive patron discord where you can chat with the other patrons and us as well. Um, and if you decide that you, uh, for whatever reason, like us enough to go beyond that, uh, you can also get access to our bonus audio content feed where we have our rapid fire reviews and outtakes from these uh, recording sessions. So uh, please feel free to check that out if you are so inclined. We also have our merch shop uh, always available. That is uh, at bit.ly slash RHP merch. Um, so you can pick yourself up a, a t-shirt or a mug or I think there's even like a tote bag in there if you're if you're so interested. Um, but yeah. And with com no subtle uh, marketing going on underneath <laughs> at all, uh, that that that's pretty much it. So, uh, sexy so Chris, oh my god! <laughs> so, <laughs> so Chris, Tiger, uh, any last words before we close this out? Sure, you can. Sonic boom. Well, that seems appropriate enough. So, uh, with all of that said, until next time, play with your four down down forward high punch joysticks. <laughs>